3: Oh, hey, before we start the show, I gotta tell you about the Allegedly podcast with my lawyers, Bo Bowen and Ryan Schmidt. They got pop culture, they got legal news, they got behind-the-scenes antics, and a whole lot of laughs. One of the best podcasts I've ever heard. Allegedly with Bo and Ryan at thebowenlawgroup.com. Link in the description. And everywhere you get your podcasts, of course. And now, let the cartoons begin.
4: The Bob Seska Show.
1: Bob Seska. Hi, this is Yoko. I want to wish you and your family a very happy holiday season. Give peace a chance. I love you.
4: The Bob Seska Show.
3: from our nation's capital it is wednesday december 14 2022 and this is the bob seska interview on the sexy liberal podcast network hi i'm bob hello bob hi day 694 of the biden harris administration 692 days until the 24 presidential election i'm on instagram my handle is the bob seska twitter bob seska underscore go our patreon is bob plus my link tree is in the description And, by the way, before we get started, before we bring out Donna Halper, quick reminder, you can send things to the show via our post office box. That's P.O. Box 481, Germantown, Maryland, 20875. Again, P.O. Box 481, Germantown, Maryland, 20875. Okay, as I said, the great Donna Halper returns to the show today. Donna always makes my job super easy since, like me, Donna is endowed with the gift of gab. And in case you're new to the show, Donna is a professor of media communications. She's a former radio DJ who introduced my favorite band, Rush, to American audiences way back in the early 70s. Today, we'll talk about her successful battle with cancer. We'll get into Ron DeSantis' crusade against vaccines, Elon Musk's addiction to chaos, the forthcoming investigations by the Republican House, and a whole lot more. By the way, please help support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at bobsuskashow.com. Okay, strap in. This is the inimitable Donna Help.
5: Happy Holidays!
3: How the hell are you? How are you doing?
2: You know, I'm happy to be walking around. It beats the alternative. Even on my worst day, it beats the alternative. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Are you ready for a vacation? You ready for some time off?
2: Oh god. I'm I'm first of all, I gotta say that as of the 17th,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I will be eight years cancer free. Hey!
3: God. Okay? Outstanding. Much
2: much to the disappointment of my enemies. Okay. <laughs> but you know, still here. Uh, There used to be a vaudeville performer, a guy by the name of Jimmy Gallagher. There's no reason you've ever heard of him, but he was local. Um, When he was on the radio, he would always end his radio show with Jimmy Gallagher, still hanging on. (laughs) And, you know, it's just that that could be our epitaph. (laughs) Still hanging on.
3: Exactly right. What was it like getting that news for the first time, getting that diagnosis?
2: Well, first of all, I got to tell you that given my family history, um, just about every single woman on my mother's side of the family died of cancer and in many cases died really young from cancer, like my grandmother Mm-hmm. who I never met and I wish I had. Okay. Um, but she was only 44 when she died of cancer. Okay. Oh so I have that family history hanging over my head, like the proverbial sort of Damocles, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So to be honest with you, when I got the call, having, watched my mother die of cancer pretty young and knowing about my grandmother and various of my aunts every day that i didn't have cancer was kind of like wow i cheated the hangman one more day you know yeah yeah. so when i finally did get the call it it, not like it was a relief but it was kind of like ah okay um now i know you know you don't know now you know so i know And now I got to come up with a plan Mm -hmm. and thank God for health insurance and thank God for living in a city where there's a lot of good hospitals. we have got Dana-Farber, which is like internationally known. And I had a really, really good oncologist, early detection. I did have a tumor. It was growing quickly, Mm -hmm. but they got it and they got it early, and they saved my life, basically. So on the one hand, it was scary, but on the other hand, it was almost sort of, yeah, any day now, I could get that call, Mm -hmm. so I was sort of mental. It's it's sort of like when you're working at a company, and you see the layoffs start happening, and you know that sooner or later, you're going to get the call but you haven't gotten it yet so you just keep on keeping on. Yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at, Bobby. I mean, there's a part of me to this day that like every now and then I wake up almost like it's a nightmare or something and I'm like oh my god, you know, what what if it comes back. Yeah. But then there's also a part of me that's like you can't control it. It's like anything else. You can't control what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. All you can do is just try to keep your karma clean, you know, just try to live a good life, try to do the right thing. It's not a cliche. I mean, there's stuff you can control, there's stuff you can't do a damn thing about. I mean, I've talked about this with a multitude of musicians where they're like, we can't control what the critics are going to say about our music. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can go out and play our hearts out for hours. This happened to Rush all the time. Okay. We can get out and play our heart out for hours and the critics can just trash us. Nothing we can do about it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like that. It's like, I didn't want to get the call. I didn't want to have the big C. I didn't want to have to have surgery, radiation. I got to tell you, It ain't fun, okay? Anybody that tells you it's fun, Mm -hmm. they're lying to you. But on the other hand, like I said, Jimmy Gallagher still hanging on. Yeah. So I am just so profoundly grateful. A, because I'm glad to be on your show. But B, because I'm glad to be on any show. I'm glad to be here. Because in previous generations, honey, I wouldn't have been here. Every year, I visit my grandmother's grave, which is a custom in Judaism at the Jewish New Year. Just before the New Year, you visit the graves of your ancestors, and you basically thank them for what they did, and you promise to do charity in their memory. And when I go to my grandmother's, and I look, and I see on the stone that she was only 44 it breaks my heart yeah. because I yeah. think about all that she could have done mm. if she had just been able to live in our generation, she'd probably still be here. So, mm. you know, whenever people say, oh, nothing's changed, everything sucks. And I'm like, you know, those are two different things. First of all, yes, some days things suck. Absolutely. You mm. know, some yeah. days the bus picks you up. Some days the bus runs you over. I get it. <laughs> but on the other hand, To say that nothing has changed, when I look at the fact that when I was a kid, many years ago before the dinosaurs came, when I was a kid, (laughs) if you had childhood leukemia, it was like an instant death sentence. That was the end of it, all Mm -hmm. right? But the Jimmy Fund, which I'm sure your listeners and viewers have heard of, the Jimmy Fund is a nationally known organization that funds research for cancer. And Ted Williams of the Red Sox back in the day was a champion for raising funds. He may have been a prickly person who didn't like talking to the press, but he was a great hitter and he just put his heart and soul in his spare time into raising money for childhood leukemia and other childhood cancers. And now if you look at the statistics, we've gone from in only one generation We've gone from children who got leukemia just about always dying Mm -hmm. to the point Mm -hmm. where more than 80 percent live. Yeah. More than 80 percent, said Donna, who isn't exaggerating. Right. Seriously. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Okay, so, yeah, things have changed. Mm-hmm. Has everything changed? Absolutely not. Are there still people out there who say the 2020 election was stolen and rigged? <laughs> are there still people that are fighting the war on Christmas? And, very, you know, I mean, stupidity is timeless. Yeah. It just transcends the generations. Well, but the reality is we really do have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. And I am grateful every day My health, Mm -hmm. and And that's a long answer, but it's all I
3: can say. No, it's outstanding. And one of the things I think about in terms of where we are as a civilization is that there are good things that are happening. I mean, we had uh, an amazing historic generation of uh, fusion energy yesterday that was announced by the Department of Energy, And, and then just specific to cancer, we're on the vanguard right now of vaccines for breast cancer, uh, colon cancer, brain brain cancer. I mean, they're talking about a vaccine that would extend the lives of glioblastoma victims, which... Near and dear to our hearts, of course. Our, yeah, with, I think with God Neil. Rest the soul yeah. of
2: Neil Peart. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so it's. Speaking of phone calls that I was not exactly happy to get.
4: Oh, absolutely. And, and so, I think a
2: lot of us remember where we were when we heard that news. Yep. But yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying. And as I said before, All I look at around me, okay, and I'm not a Pollyanna kind of person, like, wow, everything's great, woo! I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I am saying that it's really important to not get caught up in the negativity because we need to be in the fight. And we can't be in the fight to improve society if we've already given up and decided that it all sucks and what's the point, (laughs) okay? The fact is... It doesn't all suck. And the point is us. I teach, as you know, I teach media studies and communication. Uh, for those that are new to me, I'm a former broadcaster, mm-hmm. and I still never shut up. You know. <laughs> but um, but the fact remains that as a former broadcaster, I'm a big believer in the power of words, in the power of what we say, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. language, Communication is constitutive. I've said this before. It looks like, the, if you see the word on paper, it looks like constitutive, like wow. But what it means is language calls into being something that wasn't there before. So if you are a cancer researcher and you call into being the fact that you are going to find a cure for X disease, that doesn't mean that like, aha, you said that and now where is it? It means you are taking that start. You are making that stand. You are saying, I'm going to be on the field, not in the stands, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm going to be out there giving it a shot. And I may get knocked on my butt, but I'm going to get back up. I may have experiments that don't work. I may have, you know, papers I submit that get rejected. So what? Part of the process. And you keep on trying. I was talking to some folks last week online about getting my PhD. And I wasn't talking about me. It was somebody else who said, you know, well, I guess I'm too old to get a PhD. And I'm like, I got mine when I was 64. Okay. <laughs> I mean, You're too old when you say so. Back to things being constitutive. If you put out there that you are going to quit smoking or that you are going to get the PhD or that you are going to do whatever, there's no obligation. It's just creating a possibility. It's creating something that wasn't there before. I mean, look at Joe Biden. Okay. Now, I know that a lot of folks are not big fans of Biden, okay? I I love, you know, love me some Bernie. I've been very public about the fact that I go back years with Bernie, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't of the opinion that Bernie was electable, much as I adore him. I just didn't think people in the South were gonna vote for him, no offense to, okay? But I thought Biden was electable. And I know all the discourse of, oh, he's too old. Hey, he's sure gotten a lot of stuff done as president, okay? Whether you like him, whether you hate him, the man is not a great public speaker, but when he puts something out there, he makes a good faith effort to get it done. And I think that's commendable. I don't care who it is, righties, lefties, people that are centrist, people that don't even follow politics. If you say, that you're going to make the world better, it really does create the possibility that you will make the world better. Now, yeah. it works the other way too.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Let me give you an example. Let's talk the war on Christmas. <laughs> um, are are they still? Of, are they doing that
3: this year? Oh, I'm curious. Oh, I, I, I haven't seen it, it, but I'm sure they are.
4: You. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's more in right-wing world than it is anywhere (laughs) else. And before I even start, I just had the most disconcerting experience about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks, after you very kindly encouraged your audience to follow me on Twitter. See, I refuse to give up on Twitter. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to continue to be a presence. Good. I'm going to. Continue to, you know, fight the good fight, as it were. Mm -hmm. So um, you very kindly suggested that more people follow me. And more people did. And then I, you know, made some comments about Rush, which I often do. And then I made a comment praising Joe Biden for something.
3: Uh Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun! Yeah.
2: (laughs) Uh, OMG! You know, WTF, you know, just, you know, (laughs) fill in your acronyms of choice. I get this. I rate tweet from someone. I follow you because of Russian. I don't want to hear about your liberal politics. From the grave, if you listen very carefully, you can hear the sound of Neil spinning, okay? In fact, I think Neil backflips in his grave. (laughs) I think he is <laughs> rotating. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think he is holding, you know, holding court with people. Yeah, his um, uh,
3: his drum kit spins around. It used oh to spin around.
2: So God, ma- maybe it's me, literally spinning. Me. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, because if there was one thing Neil was in favor of, it was expressing opinions. Oh yeah. He wanted the opinions to be educated, but he never said there is only one way to think, and we've got it. You know, uh, his mind is not for rent to any God or government. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't rent out your mind. Get, you know, make your own decisions. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Right. So if I have liberal politics, which I must say, I don't. Okay, I'm like most people. I'm liberal on some things. I'm centrist on others. On others, I could not give a rat's patootie, and on some, I'm even (laughs) sort of center-right, okay? So anybody that thinks they know what I believe, eh, they've never met me, so how do they know what I believe? And I was just stunned because Neil, God rest his soul, was center-right for much of his life, but gradually... He walked away from it. We talked about it. He walked away from that whole Ayn Rand thing and kind of moved more towards, as he called it, being a bleeding heart libertarian. He gave to charity. He helped the poor. Now, was it on the front page of the Toronto Star? No, and he didn't want it there. He didn't want anybody to know what he gave in charity. But I know firsthand what he gave in charity because I saw him do it on a couple of occasions. I saw him help people. Now I know that that's not the image that some people had, but if you sat with him and talked, which I did. Okay. Um, If you sat with him and talked, you would find that his views really were all over the place and reducing them to just like a little bumper sticker about Ayn Rand. That used to get him so frustrated and I'm I'm not speaking for him. I'm just saying he was like, you know, my God, Donna, years ago, I believed X. Years later, I got new information Mm -hmm. and I kind of, you know, moderated my views or broadened my views. I'm paraphrasing, but you get the general point. If you are still believing the same thing that you believed 50 years ago, then probably no growth has taken place. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying the things you believe 50 years ago are wrong. I'm just saying I would hope that in those 50 years, you've learned some new things. I would hope that if I met you X number of years later, that you've maybe done some reading, maybe talked to some people. I'll give you an example, and I've talked about this before, and mm-hmm. forgive me if I'm babbling endlessly. <laughs> if you had known me years ago, okay? Okay. Uh, way back, like, let's say, in the 80s, um, I was not in favor of gay marriage. I was not. I was not in favor of marriage equality mm-hmm. because just about nobody of my generation was in favor of and, marriage equality. And it was the we 80s, yeah. Taught, yeah. yeah. We were all taught that gay people didn't want to marry, that mm-hmm. they wanted to just have a bunch of relationships, and they didn't want to marry. That was the cultural view. I never questioned it because... I had never met any out gay people. Because of the way the society was back then, it was really dangerous for gay people to be out. The AIDS epidemic really took to the forefront the need to just tell the truth about who you are and fight for what you believe. And as I met more gay people, I found that some of them were in committed relationships and they really did want the same rights that I had. And the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, I'm getting married. Why can't they? Yeah. It just suddenly, you know, just ever have that moment where it just goes click.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yes.
2: I just looked at it. And, and I never talked about gay rights with Neil. I'd be lying if I said I did. But I did talk about other stuff with him where he said, yeah, sure. You know, years ago, I believed X. And then I got new information. And gradually, I was like, yeah, OK, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. he was a reader. So, I'm just like, yeah, what is the problem if I change my view on X, okay? in politics, oh, you're a flip flopper. No, you're a normal human being who got new information and you decided that the stuff you used to believe, maybe it just isn't you don't have the whole story anymore. Oh, yeah. so i'm I'm looking at this, and I'm I said to the guy on Twitter, I'm like, What is wrong with my having opinions and beliefs about politics? I'm always courteous. I mean, you'll never see me name-calling on social media. Mm -hmm. I do not drop, you know, bad language. I just, I don't. In my personal life, sure. But out (laughs) in public, you know, I represent my university. Mm -hmm. I represent my, you know, my culture, my neighborhood, my whatever else. And to an extent, you represent
3: Rush. I mean, Rush is
4: a a big part, yeah, a big part of your life. And I
2: also represent my late parents, God rest their souls, Mm -hmm. who raised me to be courteous. Yeah, And I will not dishonor their memories, okay? I mean, we disagreed on a bunch of stuff, as one does. But I'm willing to talk to anyone about anything at any time as long as we're courteous. So every couple of months, I have to do my little disclaimer. If you're new to following me, I have opinions about issues. I don't just talk about Rush. You might like my views, you might not like my views, but let's engage, let's discuss, and then let's agree to disagree. And it just seems bizarre to me that a Rush fan would say, I don't want you to have that opinion. The guys in the band didn't always agree with each other. I mean, seriously. Mm -hmm. So we are here to celebrate the music of Rush, but don't have any liberal opinions.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, the thing that
3: the thing that that guy would never understand about you is that there's nothing about you that's radical or extremist. Unlike what we're observing on the Republican side of things, where they're embracing oh, straight up get me anti-Semites like Nick oh, Fuentes, oh. Kanye West, Milo Yiannopoulos.
2: Yeah. How do you... the, the people that were chanting at Charlottesville, you know, the fine yeah. people on both yeah. sides, the people that were chanting Jews will not replace us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Tucker Carlson and the great replacement theory, which yep. is complete and total Nonsense. Okay. Nobody's trying to replace anybody. The truth is, in every generation, new immigrants come to this country. Okay. It happens. It's been happening. And in every generation, the people in power are like, oh, we don't want your kind here Mm -hmm. because they're concerned about losing that power. I want to talk about that in a couple of minutes because I found a story that really, really concerns me. Mm. But back to the war on Christmas. Yeah. So, personally, I think there is a war on Hanukkah. Okay? Mm. I am firmly convinced that there is a war on Hanukkah. Everywhere I go, I see Christmas trees. Now, keep in mind, I'm fine about Christmas trees. I do not celebrate Christmas. It is not my holiday. But I certainly respect other people's right to celebrate it. But why does everything have to get turned into a battle, okay? Why does everything have to be, it's like, we have always celebrated Christmas. No, we haven't. Uh, In fact, uh, the Puritans were quite against it, okay? We didn't Mm -hmm. start celebrating Christmas as a culture, said Donna, who's a media historian, until the Mid eighteen hundreds to late eighteen hundreds, after the industrial revolution, when people found ways to monetize it, like, hey, spend a lot of money and buy some presents. Isn't that nice? Yeah, you know?
4: Yeah.
2: And um, I mean it says that in the Bible, doesn't it? Like go into <laughs> debt and spend <laughs> a sweet. lot of money. I, uh-huh. Which which book is that in that's in the book of consumerism, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it's the third nonsense, chapter five. Go forward and spend money. <laughs> and I, I, no, no. And yet, and yet, we have people that are just like, we must have a Christmas tree and we cannot have anything for any other holidays. And I'm like, you? I mean, come on. I live here too. I understand. Hanukkah is a small holiday. It is getting elevated and turned into kind of like a Christmas because of that whole consumerism thing. But it would be nice to see something for Buddha's birthday. It would be nice to see something for the Muslim holidays or the Hindu holidays or a couple of the major Jewish holidays. If you got customers and your customers are from different points of view why does it have to be a battle? And that gets me, because it always does, to a an incident that happened locally, and I'll bet it's happening in areas where you are too, okay? Mm-hmm. So I am, as many people know, in greater Boston. Where are you, by the way?
3: Washington, where D.C., yeah.
2: Okay, just for those that are new to the party. So <laughs> we're pretty much East Coast, Yes, but I would wager that this is happening In a town near you. Mm -hmm. So in Dedham, Massachusetts, okay? Dedham is, I'd say, about 15, 20 miles from Boston. It might be nearer. It might be 10 miles. You know, I know how to get there, but I've never calculated the mileage. Long story short, it's within greater Boston for all intents and purposes. It's another city, but it's within greater Boston. Donna, what's your point? Dedham has a library as most good cities do. And for whatever reason, the library decided this year that they weren't gonna put up a Christmas tree. Oh, you woulda thought the Republic fell. horror, yes. Evidently, somebody went on social media and said, well, some people are saying it makes them uncomfortable. You know, people are saying, you know. So um, (laughs) I don't know that that's true. I don't know that people said that the Christmas tree made them uncomfortable. I don't think most people thought about it. Did they perhaps miss the Christmas tree because it's pretty and it's got lights? I suppose. But should a library be the space of one holiday and not other holidays? That's kind of what I would say. It should be the space of all holidays because it's educational for the community. Long story short, for whatever reason, they didn't put up their christmas tree and someone went on social media and of course because this is the world we're living in they expressed outrage okay yep, yep. now there is what we call in the trade performative outrage Performative outrage, of course, is where you say something really provocative to really get people going because you hope that it will get you all kinds of clicks and likes and everybody will like Fox News will be calling you and all this other stuff. Now, I do not know the person that made the comment originally, so I am not trying to mischaracterize. The person may have been very, very sincere in what he or she said on social media about like, where's the Christmas tree? Long story short, talk show hosts get a hold of it, and suddenly, because see, that's where it's still happening—the war on Christmas. Yeah. So,
4: yep. yep. You know,
2: we're being denied our Christmas tree, and how could we possibly? Like, suddenly, everybody at the public library is getting death threats, and I'm. Oh my God. Just, uh, I, I just can't. Okay. I yeah. Just can't. if you want to agree with me, if you want to disagree with me. I'm fine either way. But if we don't agree, don't suddenly start telling me that, you know, my children, I better watch themselves because what, what yeah. is wrong with us as a culture if that's our default position? It's like either you agree with me or I'm going to threaten your kids. I, I mean, Dr. Fauci was talking about that. OK, and I'll get to Dr. Fauci in a second, too. But sure. here we are as a culture. And we can't even have a disagreement without it immediately devolving into death threats. I, yeah. What is that even about? Yeah, I've been, so I've been talking be pleased, about that a lot. Yeah, you know, and, and I hope you're feeling better now, Bob, because I can tell you, There is a Christmas tree now at the Dedham Public Library.
3: Oh, thank God. I
2: am sure that from heaven, (laughs) Jesus is smiling because Mm -hmm. isn't this what he wanted? Didn't he want people to just like threaten each other until they get a Christmas tree? Isn't that just what? I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it
3: either. We're in this era now where politics has moved from a debate about policy into how can we Torture and murder are political enemies. How can we make their lives miserable by doxing them and suing them for defamation? There's this personal in-your-face aspect about it now that I think is gonna drive a lot of people away from the political debate, which probably isn't healthy in and of itself.
2: The the other thing I'm noticing in addition to the war on Christmas, and again, one more time, Mm. I am fine if you want to have a tree god bless you okay it doesn't say in the bible that you're supposed to but if that's what you think and if that's what you like the lights are pretty i'm excited <laughs> but if people reach a decision that they don't want to have one what's it to you
5: mm-hmm.
2: if people reach a decision that they want to put up you know a hanukkah menorah, what's it to you i mean let a thousand flowers bloom Can we get away from, I don't want you talking about X. Why not? I mean, seriously. So all speech is good speech, except speech that disagrees with what I believe.
4: Yeah.
3: Okay. I just want to say welcome to our brand new Patreon subscribers. Well, I was going to say Justine is not a brand new subscriber. She's been around. She's back. Uh, Also, Ian Atkins is a new subscriber. Squirrels, Kirk Parent, Michael Manbeck, Eric from South Dakota, Russ Latime, David Joseph Moody, Mary Ritchie, Mike Pigliacelli, Jennifer Leonard, Julie Carell, Jim Haynes, Sandra Williams, and so many more. Of course, we're talking about our Patreon page at com, where you can sign up for exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show, which is recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday podcast. You're also going to get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. All that for just $5 per month, just pennies per episode. So don't miss out. Again, that's Bob Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance.
2: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available.
4: Saskia plays
2: more music. Meanwhile, um, oh, I got to ask you since I got you. Okay. What what do you think of what is going on at Twitter? You and I are still there. Yeah. Okay. I was very disturbed the other night when Elon Musk tweeted that his pronouns are prosecute Fauci Mm -hmm. and he followed it up about how Fauci has killed billions of people and this and that I'm paraphrasing, but I mean, lately it seems like he has never seen a far right discourse that he doesn't like. And he just keeps putting them out there. Okay. Fine. Free speech. He wants to put right-wing and far right-wing discourses out there. Marvelous. But Dr. Fauci has been on a number of talk shows saying if you don't agree with me, fine. But leave my wife and kids alone. Yeah. We've had to hire private security mm-hmm. because my wife and kids are getting death threats, he said. And not only getting death threats, but people trying to get to my family. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, what is wrong with this culture? Yeah. And Elon isn't helping. God bless him. He claims to be a free speech absolutist. Try criticizing him and see what happens with your free speech. Oh, yeah. Because uh, over the years, people that have criticized him, it has not ended well for them. So my attitude is, you don't like Dr. Fauci? Fine. But prosecute it prosecute him for what
3: yeah it doesn't make any I sense under-
2: this is you Wait, know what this is about i understand the conspiracy theories okay well, he personally created covid I <laughs> no, he no
3: he did not
2: yeah no. yeah no 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 it, this is you no, know not true um you it, know but unfortunately, that is a discourse that is out there. Yeah. Um, I saw those hearings when Rand Paul was like, we're going to investigate you, sir. We're going to find out what you did. <laughs> what he did, what he did was for like five decades or more through five presidents of different political parties, he tried to lead this country with good public health measures. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you don't agree with his public health measures, I understand reasonable people can disagree. But you know what? I got a compromised immune system. My husband has been ill. He has a compromised immune Mm -hmm. system. He's getting better, thank God for that. But my point is, if I were going into a crowded space in the middle of winter with everyone coughing and sneezing, you bet your tushy I would wear a mask. Oh yes, I would, Yeah. okay? Because if it's good enough for doctors and nurses, And I get nurses in my family, okay? I mean, my aunt, God rest her soul, was the administrator of a major hospital in New Haven, Connecticut, okay? I mean, I I know from nurses, okay? My stepdaughter's a nurse. I mean, I know about nurses. Mm -hmm. Nurses wear masks, okay? Doctors wear masks. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. I don't see it as being an issue of my rights, I see it as being an issue of, are we as a culture going to survive? Because if we are in the middle of colds and flu and this and that, shouldn't we do whatever it takes to mitigate the spread of those diseases? And if we know for a true fact that wearing a mask temporarily can help stop that spread, so we're a little inconvenienced, Mm -hmm. whatever, but- we saving lives. Why is that a terrible thing? So again, reasonable people can disagree. Reasonable being, you know, Dr. Fauci and his attitude about masking, but threatening his wife and kids, really? Yeah, well, threatening him. it's all the about 81 an year old and we're gonna threaten his life. That, yeah. That's just charming. What's well, yeah. about it's about
3: defending Donald Trump. It's the, they know that Donald Trump presided over 400,000 American deaths in his final well, yes, years. Set the stage you, for hundreds of thousands of more. Oh, it's going to be gone in 15
2: more. minutes. It's yeah, like, yeah, going to
3: yeah. be gone, just gone. Well, I mean, instead of handling that accountability, rather than either defending Donald Trump or joining in with, yeah, the president presided over this much death, botched the response to the pandemic, eliminated the pandemic planning from the previous administration. Put together a, a a new plan in two hours on a whiteboard, and then yep. rolled that out with the American people with Mike Pence leading the uh, the show. All of that led to hundreds of thousands or millions of deaths. And, and, uh, and the
2: hypocrisy they... is that he got the be- he got the vaccine, he got the monoclonal antibodies. I mean, all the stuff that he was saying was just you know who high yeah. and who wants it and who needs it. But he got it when he got sick.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, and then, but the idea is that this is all at the feet of Donald Trump. Donald Trump should be the centerpiece of why COVID devastated America so much. Absolutely. So, what they're doing is now they're, they're using Dr. Fauci as a scapegoat. That's entirely oh, what, okay, it's not Trump's fault. Don't look at Trump for oh, accountability. Evidence, no, yes. Look at Dr. Oh. Fauci because that's why all of these millions of people have died. And yep. that's the gambit here that they're playing with. And it's oh, absolutely outrageous.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. outrageous because, as I said, I'm the first one to say that I may not agree with in certain name of person here on certain public health policies. OK, mm-hmm. I was not fond of the lockdown. I wasn't fond of not being able to go out and see my friends for months. But when you think about all the people that were dying, I'm like, eh, so we'll be temporarily inconvenienced, but things will get better down the road. And it never occurred to me that I should be, you know, calling for the death of Dr. Fauci. I, I, who knew? Yeah. Um, it's Just <laughs> it's a sad situation. And you got Ron DeSantis in Florida right now. And if you're listening in Florida, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a lovely state, but he's got this task force that's going to go against the CDC and they're against vaccines and they're going to investigate all the crimes of this administration about vaccines. I'm like. What crimes? Yeah. They tried to save lives. Mm -hmm. You didn't agree with what they did, fine with me. But I mean you're gonna investigate the crimes? I hello? Yeah,
3: I wanted to ask you about that too, because as I said earlier, we're looking at a whole new series of mRNA vaccines that will actually prevent cancer. Will all of these anti-vaxxers, like Ron DeSantis and the people who follow Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis for that matter, will they refuse to get the mRNA vaccines that will prevent colon cancer and breast cancer and brain cancer and all of these hey, will they will they get cancer just to own the libs? And yeah,
2: but there you are. yeah, there. OK, so, I mean, I'm I'm looking at this big headline, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I hold in my hand, <laughs> a big headline. Yes. Um, And it's a headline from The Washington Post. Uh, DeSantis forms panel to counter CDC, a move decried by health professionals. Uh, DeSantis said, in Florida, it's against the law to mislead and misinterpret, particularly when you're talking about the efficacy of a drug. And he wants a panel to probe the side effects of vaccines and this and that. And I'm like, oh, why are you doing this, babe? Yeah. The only people that are going to benefit from this are a small group of folks who their entire life is about owning the libs, like you said. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, your people, the, the people that you allegedly represent, might be persuaded to not get a vaccine that could save their life, or to not take a drug that could save their life. Now, agreed, in the early days of any new medication, they're still rolling out the research. They're still figuring out what the side effects are. But you know, and I know, with respect to the COVID vaccine, like it hated or otherwise, the side effects were relatively minor. Yep. And the severe side effects were a Tiny fraction of the population. I don't know any medication that doesn't have some side effects Mm -hmm. and that doesn't, in some cases, affect someone negatively, including your humble servant. There are certain medications. In my case, I've been very public about the fact I am one of the people who is allergic to penicillin. Okay. And there are other things, thank God, that I can take, but it never occurred to me. That because I'm allergic to penicillin, as I am told about eh, 10% of the population is, but that doesn't mean that like all drugs are bad, all medic. I'll never take anything. You kidding me? (laughs) I'm alive today because of the medications that people gave me. So, so yeah, I'm very well aware that some things might have side effects, and if you got the vaccine and you had a side effect. I am deeply truly sorry. But don't say that no one should get it, because it might save their life. So this whole anti-science attitude just toasts me. I, yeah. I just yeah. I don't see the benefit. I really don't. But you're raising something that is so important.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to have in a couple of weeks the Republicans taken over the House. Yep. Um I'm think I'm a reasonably intelligent person, okay? I may be, you may think I'm stupid, but you know, you meaning the person that just tweeted at me like, Mm. you know, you like Biden? Well, therefore, I like some things about him, I don't like some things about him, but as a thinking person, I get opinions and nothing wrong with having opinions. But that having been said, I'm looking at the fact that Republicans are going to take over the House, okay? Now, Bob, you're an intelligent guy. Um, what's the governing <laughs> What's the governing, governing philosophy going to be?
3: Their governing, the governing philosophy is going to be
2: of the new Republican House.
3: I know Trump has turned it into a punchline, but witch hunt—that's going to be the House of Representatives witch hunt, oh, and not—and not to get to the truth, but entirely for red meat for the base. That's Thank the you. House of Representatives. There
2: All I can find. Yeah, I don't see anything about helping anybody. I don't see anything about, you know, making things better. I mean, these are the people that huffed and puffed about Afghanistan, okay? Agreed. The Afghan withdrawal was messy, as withdrawals often are. It got started under Trump, who made a very bad deal with the Taliban, and Biden got us out of there. Whether he did it well, whether he did it poorly, we can all debate, but meanwhile, There's a whole bunch of Afghan translators that we promised that we would help. And who is stopping them from being helped? Why, it's the same Republicans that said that they were really upset about the withdrawal from Afghanistan. So, Mm. if you're upset about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, why wouldn't you want to help our translators who gave, you know, put their lives and their families on the line to help Americans? Nope, can't do it. Okay, or we're going to investigate Hunter Biden because that's the most important thing. Because (laughs) political (laughs) corruption in the Biden family. Now, I'm not a very heavy sleeper, but maybe I was asleep (laughs) when those same Republicans investigated the Trump family because of like political corruption in the. Oh wait, they never. of course so, not, yeah. Jared and Ivanka and Don Jr., alias Thanks Dad, um, all of these people who benefited financially and otherwise from the Trump presidency. Let's not investigate them, mm-hmm. but let's mm-hmm. investigate Hunter Biden, a well known person with an addiction problem. Now, I ain't defending Hunter Biden. It's not my job to defend Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden wasn't in the government. He wasn't in the White House. Mm -hmm. He didn't work there. He wasn't in politics. He's a private citizen who, because of his addiction, made some incredibly stupid decisions. And if he owes taxes to the government, absolutely make him pay it. And if there's a penalty, absolutely make him pay it. But don't even say to me, that. oh no, this is about rooting out political corruption when you didn't seem terribly interested about the corruption in the past administration. And in all honesty, and I say this as a counselor, okay? I have two stepkids. They both turned out great, okay? But let's say they hadn't. Is that my fault? Mm-hmm. At a certain place, I I don't know if you have kids, younger brothers or sisters, whatever, whatever. It is very nice to blame parents. I'm fine with me. There are some parents who probably deserve to be blamed. But at a certain point, you're an adult and you gotta go out in the world and make adult decisions. And shaking your fist at the person's parents isn't always productive. So yeah, whether Joe Biden was a good dad or a bad dad, He was just a dad trying to help his kid. Now, did he help his kid to get jobs? I don't think so. But I will say, and I've said this before, it is a time-honored practice for politicians' kids to use the names of their famous parents to get jobs, okay? And this is one of those where both sides do it, okay? If your last name is Kennedy, if your last name is, you know, McConnell or whatever, you're probably going, Hey, you know, my dad is in the, yeah. And you're going to try to get jobs that way. Yeah, it's just, people it's like a, it's just a rich people thing. Republic. Yeah. It's okay? a
3: across the board, rich but people. Unless
2: you're a hypocrite, mm-hmm. which I think some of these good folks are, you're not as worried about Joe Biden's kid as you are about trying to damage Joe Biden. This is a proxy war. Okay. Yeah. I have zero evidence. That Joe Biden ever benefited from anything that Hunter did okay I do not have evidence and no it's not on his laptop either Hunter Biden's famous laptop this is going to be like butter emails okay (laughs) it's exactly the same thing yeah I can see this coming but Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there going so your governing strategy is demonize Dr. Fauci huff and puff about Hunter Biden's laptop and only lived so you can get on Fox News
3: yeah impeach the Secretary that. of Homeland Security too yeah
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yes but, because of the border I mean, as as somebody who is old enough to remember when there were in fact moderate Republicans who believed in governing now did I always agree with them absolutely not but then again I don't always agree with Democrats either the point is at least they wanted to govern yeah this cast of characters everything is an audition for Fox news. Okay. Everything is an audition for some right-wing talk show. That's not what you were sent to Washington to do. I don't think, um, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. And Marjorie Taylor green is going to be in a position of power. Oh, that's <laughs> encouraging. <laughs> that'll, yeah. that'll cheer you up. But in better news, well, actually the you word know what? Of the, year, be, the be, word of the year.
3: Okay. The word of the year.
2: Yes, the word of the year, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. What was the word of the year last year?
3: Oh, shoot. I, I can't remember. What was it?
2: Gaslighting. Gaslighting, yes. Thank I you. love it. I love it. Have we seen an awful lot of that? Yep. Why, yes, we have. Mm-hmm. So, But I interrupted you. You had started to say Oh, yeah, something yeah. Well, I mean, it's,
3: it's seldom that I get to speak to a media expert about... Twitter. Oh, you get somebody else on the show today? (laughs) Well, I I, I wanted to get your view on this because I have this theory that what Elon Musk is doing is taking an already destabilized world and turning one of the biggest communications platforms in that world, Twitter, into this uh, platform of chaos. I don't know how else to describe it. He's destabilizing Twitter as well. What is the impact of destabilizing a huge media entity like that uh, where we don't know which direction the thing is going to go from moment to moment? He's changing everything about it and and then changing it back and then changing it back again all over the place.
2: Advertisers planet. are fleeing. Yeah, Advertisers but, are like, don't want to be, in, and it's not because they're liberal. Most of their corporate boards are not liberal yeah but advertisers do not like chaos right okay right they just no not good for business but so but,
3: yeah but in terms of this this psychological aspect of that too where we're all part of this community that is now I keep comparing it to someone who's shaking up an ant farm just to see all the ants scurry oh, yeah. through the mayhem yeah. What's the psychological effect when this kind of behemoth, Twitter, which has just got a gigantic user base, what is the effect on all of those users to be part of this community that it's now getting overturned? I compared it also to if you live in a neighborhood that suddenly was purchased by the world's wealthiest man. And then, well not anymore, according to the latest stats, but let's say, just for the sake of argument, world's richest man man buys your neighborhood and then decides, okay, you know what I'm gonna do with this neighborhood? I'm gonna move all the houses and I'm gonna move all the, the streets and just completely change the face of the whole neighborhood. You can still live there, that's fine, but we're gonna move everything all around. That's gonna entirely destabilize everyone in that neighborhood. And that's now we're talking about millions of users, not just political Twitter, but across the board, all kinds of oh, users. Sure. Of Educational
2: Twitter, Twitter and yeah. music Twitter. and Yes. But here again, we have a culture that worships billionaires. I've mm-hmm. never understood it. Okay? Oh, yeah. We put people up on a pedestal just based on how much money they have. We don't think about how did they make that money? Okay, like what are the working conditions at Amazon? How does X number of billionaires treat their help? You know, this kind of thing. Oh, the World Cup stadium is lovely. How many migrants had to die so that that stadium could be built? (laughs) Let's not discuss it. So here we are putting these folks up on pedestals who in many cases may not deserve to be up there, but they have enormous power. And they're just going to use it in whatever way they want. Elon seems to be about whatever whim he has. Like right now we're doing the red pill thing. We've just got all of these right wing conspiracy theories and we're just going to put them all out there and just have a great old time. And it accomplishes the same thing as when Donald Trump says something utterly outrageous, gets people talking about him, yep. keeps him in the news. This is Unfortunately, it seems to me, ego, okay? This is like, because I can, you know, like Mm -hmm. where does the 800 pound gorilla sit? Anywhere he wants to. (laughs) So okay? yeah. so if Elon Musk wants to turn Twitter into right wing heaven and allow all the neo-Nazis back on and claim he's doing it because of free speech and, you know, there were all of these righties were shadow banned, which they weren't, by the way, but never mind that now. If he wants to do that, he he bought the thing. But there again, you know, the that whole pottery barn rule, you break it, you buy it. Well, this is the opposite of that. You bought it, and now if you break it, you live with the consequences. Yeah. This may go down as a massive black eye for his shareholders mm-hmm. and... Tesla, I mean, this is like, people are not amused, okay? He may be having fun just being performatively outrageous and saying crazy things and getting a lot of attention and getting more talk than he's gotten in years, but whoever said all publicity is good publicity, Mm -hmm. no. Some publicity is pretty bad for your shareholders. Mm -hmm. And I'm not persuaded. That they're going to be okay about it. He may get some pressure to just kind of like either shut up or tack it back a little bit towards the center. We shall see. I'm more concerned about him getting rid of content moderation. Yeah. And also the thing about buying the blue check mark. I mean, I never got a check mark because evidently I'm not influential and I'm not important and <laughs> I'm just whatever it is that Twitter says I am. But I'm not going to pay for a check mark. No. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Either I deserve one or I don't. But buying fame, eh, it's kind of like, you know, I used to tell my stepkids and I tell my students, you can't buy friends. Okay. Mm-hmm. You may think you can. You may think if you got a ton of bucks and you toss them around, hey, I know very well that a lot of people that talk to me talk to me because of my relationship with Rush. If I didn't have a relationship with Rush, would I have all the followers I have? Probably not. I'd love to believe that people just because of my scintillating personality and all the other wonderful things about me, but
3: not. In fact, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I could say the same thing about myself and Stephanie Miller. My connection with Stephanie Miller has given me, has elevated me to a, a different level, a different status, which I'm eternally grateful for. Absolutely. But that is also a reason why I have the following that I have. And I have no delusions that it's much else beyond that. <laughs> so.
2: and, but the reality is, see, we know that. So mm. we don't let it go to our heads. Yeah. The thing that I loved about Rush was that they never let success spoil them. They mm-hmm. never got into this. Well, don't you know who I am? It's like, nah, they were the same guys they always were, except they had more money. Yeah, And they were aware that there were a lot of people that wanted to get next to them because they were famous and they knew what the game was, okay? Yeah. And what interested them was just trying to do good in society and then just having fun with their families and et cetera and et cetera. But this whole idea that the more money you have, it makes you a better per No, it doesn't. And we're seeing straight up right now with Elon and with some others, it, it, Trump, various other folks, just because you got a lot of money, however you earned it, does not make you better or worse. What makes you better is what you do in the world, yeah. okay? Right now, what Elon's doing in the world is creating chaos. Mm-hmm. That may be fun for him, but it's going to have some very, very deadly consequences, and that makes me really concerned. Um, I got one more thing, if, if we yeah. have time. Sure. Can we talk Brittany Griner for a second? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Because if – remember this – Famous Barack Obama speech about there are not two Americas, there's mm-hmm. not a red America, and a black. That, yeah, there is. That. Oh,
3: yeah, big speech.
2: Because if you are on centrist or lefty media, the fact that Brittany Griner came home, said Donna, applauding. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is great. We're glad that she's home. Now, we're sorry about Paul Whelan. We're sorry about a few of the other folks that are in Russia right now, who are pawns of whatever game Putin is playing. But we're still happy that Brittany Griner came home, except on the right, yeah. because on the right the discourse is entirely different. The discourse is Joe Biden hates white people, and therefore he went after this you know black person because he's pandering <laughs> to his base. And he doesn't care about white people. And I'm like, the hostage he freed before Brittany Griner, Trevor Reed, white person. Don't tell a soul. But just, (laughs) you know, and, and besides, Brittany hates America. I said to my students, beware of fake quotes, okay? Because I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait for you to find me the quote where Brittany Griner said that she hated America. Oh wait, she never said it. What did she say? Well, she took a knee about racial injustice. Uh First Amendment, anyone? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, hello. Uh she believes there is racial injustice, and so she took a knee. I so. So did lots of other people. So, but that doesn't mean you hate America. It probably means you hate racial injustice. But yeah. <laughs> over on that side of the spectrum, it's like, no, no, this proves that she hates America. And look who Biden freed. He freed someone that hates America and left a patriotic Marine who got a dishonorable discharge, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. another story for another day. Wouldn't matter to me if he was Mother Teresa. It would would have been nice if he had been freed. But based on what I'm reading, Putin sort of reneged. He said he was going to like allow both hostages to go in exchange for Victor Boot, but then he changed his mind. But on right wing world, it's being portrayed as like Biden intentionally. He could have freed Paul Whelan, and he didn't do it. And boy, Trump would have done something. Except, no. except he, he was, didn't. Uh, <laughs> when did when did Paul Whelan get grabbed up? 2018.
4: 2018
2: yes uh let's play a guessing game who was president <laughs> in 2018 bob <laughs> dum, 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 yeah dum, 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 he has dum, stupid
3: looking hair dum, dum, that's what dum, I know dum, yeah
2: yeah so um Trump was president when Whalen was grabbed up and Trump did what to free him I thought he was friends with Putin what did what did he he
3: Nothing. nothing did. Absolutely. Nothing. nothing, And you know what? If Victor boot tries any nonsense again, of course, you know, we're going to scoop them up <laughs> just like what happened last time. This is uh, not complicated. This particular absolutely. deal. Yeah. But the
2: thing is, it's gotten so performative instead of everybody rejoicing because a hostage was freed. And I don't care if the hostage is gay, straight, black, white, green, purple. I don't care. It's a hostage. It was freed. That's nice. Yay, whoever the president was. Except, you know and what? I'm, I'm against
3: I'm against freeing purple people. I just want to make yeah, sure that's yeah, I'm clear yeah. about Particularly
2: that. Particularly one-eyed, one-horned, <laughs> flying purple people. <laughs> Those kind? Just yeah. the
3: worst. Screw just the purple the people, yeah.
2: <laughs> Indeed. So um, that having been said, mm. um, it is such a joy. To be able to talk some politics with you. Oh, yes. I am sure we have offended a whole slew of folks that <laughs> follow me, but uh you know uh, what I'm hoping, yeah, what I'm hoping is that we can continue to engage in the new year. Mm-hmm. We can continue to think critically about the issues instead of retreating into our corners. I mean, Bob and I, for those that are listening, we tend to be center-left on an awful lot of issues. But you know what? We still think about those issues. We still try to get new information. And if we get something wrong, we admit it and we correct it. Yes. So
3: I did that on I, Sunday. You know, yeah.
2: <laughs> go and do thou likewise. There mm-hmm. is no shame in being wrong. Yeah. I love it when people are, yeah, but the Washington Post got something wrong. Okay, And they corrected it, didn't they? Sure, they did. Okay? Because these are human beings. I have a lot of friends in the journalism world. I used to be a freelance journalist, okay? And it is very possible to get information at a certain moment, think that you got the story, and then get a little bit out in front of the facts where you don't have all the story. Yep. So, So you fix it, okay? This is not another, you know, let's not keep score here. Aha! The the New York Times. I do have one problem with the Times, okay? They did an article uh, three days ago um, about Elon, and it was like, it is difficult to know what Elon believes. Ah, really? (laughs) Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, certainly difficult, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'd be happy to help if someone would ask, but alas, my phone is not ringing, So I guess I'm an expert on media, but I'm not an expert enough on media. I can tell you what he believes.
3: All right, one last quick break. Back with more Donna, right
0: after these words. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Yeah.
3: You know, I had this conversation with my dad one time, who's a, a Republican voter and a Fox News viewer. And he was saying about how uh, the mainstream media screws things up all the time. And I said, you know what? Same number of people screw things up in journalism as they do in medicine, science, the arts, et cetera. Every line of work, you're going to find people who screw things up. That's just the way people go. It's have human you ever beings. Heard, yeah. Have
2: you ever heard Tucker Carlson? or Laura Ingram, or any one of a multitude of other folks over at Fox News, and I'm not trying to single them out, it's just they're the biggest platform for that ideology, Mm -hmm. have you ever heard them say, oh, we got it wrong, we're sorry, we're going to correct this? Not in any universe I've ever lived in. No, no. Contrast that with Rachel Maddow, okay? Like her, hate her, agree with her, disagree with her. When she has a guest, what is the first thing she says after she does her introduction? Is there anything I got wrong in any of the things that I just said? She gives the guest a chance to correct anything that she might have. She's got a PhD in politics. She isn't often wrong on the facts. You may not like her interpretation, but her knowledge of the facts is usually pretty strong. Oh, God, yes. She's very willing to acknowledge if she got something wrong, Mm -hmm. as anyone should be. Okay, the news reporters at Fox News, all three of them, okay, Um, John Roberts and Brett Bayer and uh, I think one other person, but they've always had like a small news department. They try very hard to be accurate. I may not like their interpretation, but they don't just get on the air and spout, okay? The commentators feel like they never have to apologize. They never have to correct. They never have to admit they were wrong, and they're wrong an awful lot. And that's not just because I disagree with their interpretation. They're wrong on the facts, Mm -hmm. and that's problematic for me, okay? So this idea that, like, oh, the liberal media gets things wrong, well, so do an awful lot of other folks. My concern, when you make a mistake, are you man enough or woman enough to correct the mistake, Mm -hmm. because you have a duty, you really do, you have a duty to your listeners or your viewers. And I know that a lot of people don't think that anymore, but you and I still do, okay? We're still old school enough to believe that this microphone, this is a privilege, Mm -hmm. okay? Nobody had to have me on this show today. Nobody had to have your show at all. Nobody has to do anything. And yet, what a privilege that we, in a free country that may not always be the way we like it, but it's still a free country and we can still express our views, but we still have a duty to be accurate. Yeah. And if we get something wrong, we have a duty to the audience to correct it. So, all I'll say to the folks that are now throwing things at their monitor and going, <laughs> I have no idea that she no. um, I love you. I wish you a wonderful holiday season. I wish you peace and joy. And I wish that it would be okay for you to hear opposing views and not treat it like someone just came in and torched your house. This is not about people being angry. This is about, we've got some different opinions. Can't we have a courteous discussion? Can't we be passionate about it? And if we're wrong, Can't we just admit it and move on and still be friends? Is that asking a lot?
3: Yeah. On that note, Donna, it's such a pleasure once again. Where can people find you on social media? And I remind everyone, please follow Donna on Twitter. How can <laughs> how can, what's your what's your Twitter handle again? And right, where can right. people find your blog?
2: My uh, Twitter handle is Devora Leah, which is my Hebrew name. Mm. D E V O R A H. L E A H, Devorah Leah. Link in and the description, the first yeah. woman yeah. judge and one of the matriarchs of Israel. But all you got to do is just, you know, just Google Donna Halper, and go. a whole bunch of my, you know, social media footprint will probably come up. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Every now and then, I'm on Instagram. I just posted a picture of me as a, a high school teacher back in
4: 1973,
2: oh, yeah. early 73, unaware of the fact that in only a few months i would be in cleveland and all of our lives would change
3: oh yeah and we're also incredibly grateful for that for sure so happy thank
2: you so much happy Hanukkah, for having Donna. me on yeah. whatever you celebrate <laughs> may you be happy may you be healthy and may we live to see the new year as friends
3: Well, have a happy new year. We're definitely going to talk to you again very, very soon. I hope so. I hope I didn't just, like,
2: ruin any opportunity I ever had of getting on your show again. (laughs) No, not at all. Oh, my God. You don't agree with me about purple people? (laughs) What kind of a person are you?
3: Yeah, well, if that's the only thing we disagree on, I think we're doing pretty well. So (laughs) thank you again, Donna.
2: I would be surprised if there weren't (laughs) some things we disagree on. And you know what? My attitude about that is... So, what? Yeah. I love you dearly. It is I a love you too. to be on your show.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you. It's a privilege to have you as a friend, to be able to call you a friend, Donna. And I I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So, have much a much love, sir. Yeah. Best to your family. And we'll talk to you again in the new year. Thank you. All right. Bye bye.
1: got Main Street about the my car. Ton of decorations on every corner bar There's people spending money till their money runs out These things, darling, aren't what Christmas is about Cause out there in this midnight clear There's a chance for peace on earth this year So find that smile and lose those tears Christmas. Most of my friends, they all live too far away. Too far to see from my street, too far to drive all day. This Christmas we'll be wishing on the brightest star. We're gonna be together cause that's the way we are. We'll laugh and fill our hearts with cheer. we we'll are vow to stay touch next year. Yeah, the jive will roll, but the spirit will be here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know, and I know it's Christmas, yeah. And if goodwill is out there Still, oh, man, then bless us, bless us, bless us all Cause there's holes in my pockets Walking through the easements I'm so in the red, I cannot pay at all But I'm gonna get you everything you ask A pony of your own, even if she's made of glass So lift your hearts and give some cheer There's folks with love than us around here The light is on The lovers is all here Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Well you know and I know it's Christmas now And if goodwill is out there man that bless us, bless us, bless us all Cause there's holes in my pockets Walking through the ease malls I'm so in the red, I cannot pay at all Still, I'm gonna get you everything you ask A pony of your own, even if she's made of glass So lift your hearts and give some cheer. Folks with less than us around here The light is on and the love is all here Merry Christmas yeah. Merry Christmas yeah. Merry Christmas